I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to episode 397 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Jay. And I'm Glenn. How you going, fellas? Happy Happy Mother's Day to your to your your significant others. Yeah, lovely lovely day today. Yesterday being Motherfuckers Day. Not so much not so much fun, but anyway, today is Mother's Day and it was enjoyable. And good, and in honor of Mother's Day, I feel this weekend my Penrith Panthers have uh, successfully made me feel safe. Warm, nurtured, comforted, protected, just as a good mother should. I can't say enough good things about them. Look, I have to. I have to echo your. Your. I have to echo your sentiments as well. Um, however, unfortunately for poor old Glenn, uh, he had one of those childhoods where the Tigers did actually remind him of, <laughs> of, 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 his, of, of, of his mother. Hang on a basically, ba- basically, you know, pumping him up. Lifting his hopes, jerking him around, jerking him off, and um, tucking him in unsatisfied at the end of the night. Like, really? After a substandard meal. Yeah. A, a frozen oh, fucking... A frozen lean cuisine. A frozen lean cuisine. Where it's not quite heated up properly. No. Mashed potatoes are still yeah. a bit frozen. It's still frozen in the middle. Tuck- and then tucking you in, you've got no idea where they've been all afternoon, and they tuck you in with the slight smell of cock on their breath, and this slimy residue on your forehead, you don't know. Are we, are you're just talking about fucking... Ed's mums in general, right? Not my mum specifically, it's... right? Because you're, you're heading into dangerous territory. I was just gonna, I was, I was just gonna go with like, I was just gonna go with like, you know, like bourbon and fucking like mini greens or something. Well, but like, you've gone there. I was gonna say, you, you, you don't know if it's fucking Kmart lipstick. <laughs> Mixed with a menthol tinge and fucking sticky Woodstock residue, or something worse. Yeah, Ed's mums in general. Shout out yes, to of course. Ed. Represent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're gonna get fucking. You, you're gonna get that fucking Cronulla riot in fucking on Grand Final weekend. You're just gonna get Ed's contingent. Yeah, because fucking cuts from Ed's can afford airplane tickets. Oh fuck yeah. <laughs> Grand final Grand weekend, final. buddy. They just have to fucking drive. They just have to catch the train. <laughs> exactly. They can't afford train tickets either, son. <laughs> yeah, but I, mean, I think you're safe. Aren't they, aren't, aren't, they the, aren't they the jump the turnstile gang? I mean, like, uh, this come on. Nah. Here's the thing. It's days of the Red Rapper was gone. The train without paying. They can jump a turnstile. <laughs> Not if I call in a bomb threat in the Campbelltown line. <laughs> 
Uh, all right, and uh, this is our, of course, our uh, our recaps episode for round nine of the uh, NRL. There's some there's some spicy news that's been coming out the last couple of days, but we're going to have to hold it over to Wednesday because it's what we do. But um, we shall see. Um, round nine. What's the spicy news? Oh, just there's just a bunch of just a bunch of news like you know. So we we finally got confirmation on the Xavier Coates situation. He's told his teammates that he's gone to the Storm. Um, which, you know, once again, fantastic news for the Broncos. And uh, I it's love fucking, it when not... It's fantastic news for Xavier Coates' girlfriend. Oh, fantastic news for Xavier Coates in general. Can you imagine well, playing like a pretty good... Play, play, like, you know, very, very, you know, career in the infancy. But, you know, he's you know, he's shown himself to be a player of potential. And, you know, he's got like, you know, great physical attributes, like enormous height and everything for a winger. So he's one of those guys that can easily make themselves a target. Mm. And he's done so, being being fed a, a diet of fucking spam and fucking <laughs> dead mashed potatoes mm. from fucking like that are frozen in the middle. And, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and and he's thinking, wow, I've actually you know, oh, he scored some spectacular tries, you know, blah blah blah. Now he's going to be feeding off you know Cameron Munster fucking pinpoint targeted <laughs> kicks. <laughs> And, uh, and Jerome Hughes and shit. So uh, he's he's just going to be, you know, dreaming. It's I imagine his emotions yeah. now are the exact opposite of what Josh Adokar will be feeling in about <laughs> fucking a year's time from now. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, speaking of the Storm, Thursday night, Melbourne Storm 50 to feed the South Sydney Rabbitohs nil, thereby, of course, as the trope goes... Removing them from finals contention, yes, or grand final contention. Um, Storms fifty tries to <laughs> Jerome Hughes, Brandon Smith, a double to George Jennings, and six tries to Josh Adokar. <laughs> Oof! I guess you've got to say as good wingers do as good wingers do. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we call that the double lottie. <laughs> yeah, and the and the only thing saving South from. An embarrassing scoreline was the fact that Munster only got five of ten conversions. Mm. Yeah, saved themselves from embarrassment. Uh, and of course, the Rabbitohs, fuck all, zero zip. Glenn, Adam Reynolds doesn't even have to play to justify his asking price or contract leg at the Rabbitohs at this point. Um, of course, they they were out without Latrell, and and probably most importantly, Cam Murray in this game. I think that's where the rot started. Um, for the storm, they were, they were pretty soft through the middle, and um, yeah, the, from the storm's perspective, I think they they and a testament to their mental toughness and and professionalism, they came prepared to play a full strength south side, um, and had no interest in adjusting to the fact that south were down on on those key players, and they just went about their business, and you know rolled through the middle and created opportunities at will and. Yeah. And yet, that's how you end up with that scoreline. Um, Josh Adokar. I think to your point, though. Sorry. Just to, to interject quickly there. M- Melbourne do that better than almost any other team. Yeah. Just in giving absolutely no fucks who they're mm-hmm. playing. Mm-hmm. Their, lev- their standard is themselves. Yeah. And yeah. you could tell quite obviously that what they were going out there to do is perform much differently than they had against Cronulla the week before. Yeah. Didn't matter who was in their way. Yeah. It was about their standards and what they set for themselves. Yeah, I agree. Um, Ado Carr, 
you know, we, you just touched briefly there on, you know, the fact that he's he's go, obviously going to the Dogs next year. But, you know, like, for him, for the Dogs to win games next year, he's going to have to score six tries a fucking week. You know, so he's, yeah. you know. I mean, this, this appetite it's, for six tries, I mean, that's like, that, it's like, it's like he's loading up on tries now because he knows he's not going to get any more after this year. <laughs> next year, he's also not going to have Justin Ollum feeding him fucking gimmies. No. Well, this is the thing, 2021 Justin Ollum. I mean, yeah, next year he could very well have 2020 Justin Ollum out there who doesn't know how to fucking pass to the left. Exactly. I mean, like, like he he was Will Chambers and then he learned to pass and did you see how happy he was when he he's like, I, I learned to pass and he put he put Fox in for a try and he was so happy because he's like, oh my God, I actually, I learned a new thing. Like, you know, that was like a, a win for me too because I learned how to pass left. Looked up to the and, coach's um, box and Craig, release my family. I let the ball go. <laughs> yeah. There's obviously going to be a big party party at the Olin residence this weekend, you know, like big, big reunification. So I was going to say, party. some would call it a reunion. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you got anything to add here for Jared? I mean, it was it was like it was fucking impressive. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's hard it's hard to say too much good things about too many good things about the storm. Um, it it, it was a to you know no pun intended perfect storm. Mm. Melbourne had mm-hmm. a shitty game or a shitty half of football last week, and even though they won the game, there would have been some fucking strips taken off them. Yeah, this week they came out and really just executed. And as Glenn said before, the, the the perfect summation of that game is the forwards rolled through at will. Yep. The backs with early ball created plenty of space and were just dominant one-on-one against their opposite numbers mm. and yeah, created and opportunities. Yeah, down badly, you know, badly with one-on-one tackle misses. Yeah. Mm. That they ordinarily, you think they would, they would ordinarily get. There were far too many line breaks where the storm didn't really have to. After the break was made, they didn't really have to do anything. I mean, it was a try at the end of every break, yeah. and sometimes, sometimes there was no backing up required. The, Most of the time, it was Fox just getting, you know, being the guy on the spot to get the try at the end of it. It, it was the line breaks were nine to zip. Yep. You know, and again, just it's little things that Melbourne do. I I like it, and you know, to to, to use a the fucking um, you know, catchphrase or overused catchphrase, but it really is eyes up football. When there's a six again call or they catch somebody out and there's a little bit of space about them, they just keep going at that space. Yep. Or when there's a break made and there's no defenders back, that it's just straight. Just keep going straight. Where very often you see teams, their first instinct is to spread it, which you know catches the ball up with defenders coming in. I, I get the idea of trying to look for width and run around defenders. Yeah. But if, if there's no one there, go straight. Mm. You know, it's a, the shortest route to the try line. Um, going into the socials on this one, Ryan in the Facebook group said, uh, fuck these purple cheats. This is like watching my favorite pub burn to the ground. I hope a wave of monkey aids runs through the whole bunch and they spread it throughout their whole shithole state. Hashtag fuck the Broncos. <laughs> uh, Super Grover said Munster is tauntingly keeping the Bunnies Premiership chances alive. Hashtag disrespectful conversion misses. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. Uh, Michael says up the fucking purple pride. Fuck South. Fuck your multi. Fuck the Broncos. Uh, Why fuck Ryan- our multi? Our multi is fucking usually involved around... Storm players scoring lots of tries. Yeah, well, there's only one Storm player this week. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, Ryan said it could have been a totally different game if Reynolds was there to kick 26 two-point field goals. B.43 on Twitter said, have South kicked themselves out of the comp again? Jesus, this is bad. And then in uh, contrast, Jared Wetton on Twitter said to us, they have had two losses all year, both to Melbourne. I'd say they need to review those tapes should a third game arise in September. Otherwise, it's curtains. Very true. It's true. Okay, Friday night, the early game uh, we had was the Panthers, 48, defeating the Sharkies, zero. Um, The Panthers, 48, came through tries to James Fisher-Harris. Uh, Stephen Crichton, Matt Burton, uh, Villian Kikau, and Charlie Staines with a hat trick. Like good wingers do. Oh, sorry, and Matt Ison, who's there. We, we crossed over the line there. There's Matt Ison, who's also with a try. Cleary eight conversions from as many attempts. Uh, defeating the Sharkies, zero. Tough start to the round for, for Volandi's <laughs> fans. <laughs> <laughs> The Sharkies, as we know, uh, they've they've been in tank mode ever since they decided to sack their sack their coach for a caretaker four rounds into the, into yeah. the season. That decision Which, is that the earliest coach. It has to be. It's got. I mean, like even when coaches go, are going like <clears throat> terrible, because this thing he wasn't going badly either. Mm. It was just like we made a decision for next year, but we're hoping the PVL <laughs> implements a draft. Before next season, and we're going to tank for this draft that may happen if there's enough people on an online poll that say they want it. Yeah, yeah. So, decision um, looks more and more bizarre by the week, Benny. Yeah, off Look, you go, it, Jay. It, it's Have a very, say. very similar um, stats line across the park to um, to the Melbourne game. Um, yeah, the the line breaks were eight to nil. Um, tackle breaks were forty five to sixteen. Um, <laughs> forty four of them being Brian Toto. <laughs> it's just having an absolutely stellar season. It it seems at the moment that the the Melbourne Storm are are just skill and execution. You know, and, and the fact that they've got people like Pappenhausen to come back into that squad is fucking scary. Whereas Penrith are more so energy and attitude. You know, just where where they're playing such an up-tempo style of football that it's forcing defences to make decisions. That also requires contra- a huge amount of skill as well. Don't un- don't undersell that. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, but the other thing where we talk about attitude is on the defensive side of things. The way that they can lock in together so many times during a game where they just feel like, oh... Oh, fuck, a bit of momentum's creeping back into these cunts here. Um, okay, so we just need a set where we're not going to let them pass their 15. <clears throat> and it's just every tackle that set, they're doing it cleanly, they're not giving away ruck infringements or offside penalties, and they're just fucking nailing people. It's not like that Souths game I spoke about a little while ago where it was just that one-on-one tackle effectiveness. This is teamwork, and they're really demoralising teams. Add to that in this one, unfortunately, there were a couple of Cronulla players that just had had absolute shockers. Like, Wade Graham had the most uncharacteristically poor game mm. I think I've seen him ever play. And I don't know if it's a team situation as a whole that's rubbed off, but, I mean, it's it's like the 
the classic, you know, boxer, you know, going one fight too long. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like maybe one season too long for Wade. Yeah. It 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 looks like, and it is, you're right, it's not like he doesn't want to be there. Yeah. It's like there's a disconnect between, you know, want and, want and uh, execution. Um, but Penrith forwards, especially. Uh, just absolutely monumental. Fisher-Harris was fantastic to see him get over the line. Um, but everyone on that pack is doing almost exactly what they need to do all the time. The roll-on's phenomenal. Their handling has come on in leaps and bounds because that let them down a, a few times last year as well. Um, but the just the way that their style of football forces defences to retreat is going to trouble teams for the rest of the year um, for Cronulla fuck where do you go like you you're seven one who's of the most going? lopsided 80 minute um, possession statistics I've ever seen in my life 37% across the game for Sharks yeah it's woeful which, which yeah. is like fucking crap like that is like you know you sometimes see that you know for a 20 minute period in a game or you know but like across the entire game yeah, it's fucking crazy. Well, given you know the um, the bunnies had forty one percent. Yeah, yeah, not much better. So not, I suppose. not worlds apart, but uh, yeah. but you're right. Mistakes and errors just completely took Cronulla off the hook. Uh, sorry, mm-hmm. took Penrith off the hook. And looking over that team, and he, here's a yardstick just to throw out there. If you could go and take any player from Cronulla for your side, who would you pull? Like I'd pull Toby Rudolph. And he'd, yeah. and he'd probably get a bench spot Yeah, with the Panthers. Would you pull anyone else out of that side? Fuck. Now you may put him in a, plot, put him in a spot. I'm going to go and have a look. Fuck. Like, honestly. See, like, as as we as we sit here today, man, I'd struggle. I mean, it's like even these guys that were, like, were fucking great last year. Yeah. Like they've just fallen off a fucking cliff. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if there's anyone really. You know, maybe I'd take you know like Braley or something as like a bench hooker, or you know, stick him in Blacktown. But yeah, I, you know, I don't like even Nakora. Nakora off a cliff. Such a fucking, that's, yeah. When I was talking about who fall over, that, that's exactly who I yeah. was talking about. Yeah. So. Mm. Yeah. It was, it was nice of them to um, to hook. Uh, good old Chad, so Moylan could have an opportunity to show us uh, that we fucking won the trade. So that also, was fantastic. Also, the hooking of Chad Townsend, it actually had Cronulla fans walking away from that game feeling like they had a win. Yeah. Despite getting done by about 50. Mm. I'll tell you what. <laughs> they felt bring, great that he was hooked. Bringing Matt Moylan into that game was like seeing your fucking ex-girlfriend out and not only has she put on 30 kilos since you've, you've broken up, <laughs> she's also decided to come out in a dress that she owned when you were together. <laughs> and the fucking threads of that thing, like at, at any stage, are threatening to come apart with such force that they will flay alive any person within a three-meter radius of them. <laughs> so thank, thank you for that, Cronulla. Like a fucking Claymore. That's it. <laughs> okay. On to the, the socials. socials. 
Mitch said, you know your club's in all sorts when the man who's supposed to come on as a replacement for injuries is a walking injury himself. <laughs> Hashtag green whistle for the 18th man. Of course, referring to Cronulla's Josh Dugan. Uh, Nathan said, Townsend and Graham, welcome to the Cape World glory hole. Hashtag dessert from Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a better hashtag than any of those other ones. Hashtag. That's amazing. Uh, Terry said, the Aiden Tolman fourth tackle hit up in the red zone doesn't make me angry anymore. It brings joy. Terry being the uh, long-suffering Dogs fan. And the thing is, Aiden Tolman, like, I think I think he, he uh, topped the Sharkies for run meters, I, I believe, for the game. Oh, Sharkies. <laughs> which, is just the, which is just tells everything, doesn't it? Uh, at Lambretta GP 1971 said the Sharks were lucky to score nil tonight. Tell Buzz his relegation idea is a really fucking good one. <laughs> and officially now my favourite Twitter account of 2021, um, Chin Laden, <laughs> at Chin <laughs> Laden 69. Of course that's, it's 69. <laughs> that's right, you xenophobic cucks. I crashed the plane with no survivors. <laughs> Hashtag down, down, Cronulla. Hashtag blinding lights. <laughs> and this is not a burner of yours, right? No. no it's not. It may fucking well be, right? <laughs> okay, next up we had the Roosters. Oh, sorry, the Eels, 31, defeating the Roosters, 18 at Bankwest. The Eels, 31, mm. tries to Blake Ferguson, Tom Obercheck, Dylan Brown, and a double to Bryce Cartwright. Moses, five conversions and a field goal. The Roosters 18 came through a hat-trick to Matt Ikevalu. Uh Walker and Kieran with a conversion apiece, and Kieran with a penalty goal. Glenn? I've had a bit to say about Bryce Cartwright these last few weeks, but um, I thought he was he was quite good again. Was conscious not to overplay his hands, got a couple of tries, did some had some really good touches. His defence, um, some of his first contact, um, looks like, you know, he had some, could understate it by saying that he had some defensive yips there in his stint at the Titans, but um, looks like his, you know, his newfound um, love for the, well, and refound his love for the, the game, and it means he's putting his shoulder into his work. So, um, And his teammates are happy to see it as well. Like, he's obviously, uh, there's a, there's a bond forming there for him, which is it's probably good for, for Bryce as well as the fact that he's playing good, good footy, so... Um, for the Roosters, they had you know more injuries, and were still in the game, and within a converted try right up until the seventy third minute. And mm-hmm. we've spoken several times about systems and and teams that are you know system teams, more like you know Melbourne or the Roosters. And you look at those teams compared to a team like South who. When both teams are at full strength, Souths are, 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 you know, every every bit as competitive or, or a title contender as the Roosters or the Storm, but they don't have that system mentality. It's it's quite interesting to see um, how the Roosters respond as a unit and as an organisation to compared to to Souths losing several key players for that for the game against the Storm and getting blasted. So. Um, yeah. Having said that, I think the Roosters, there's got to be some sort of tipping point, right? Now I think we've yeah, reached it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I tend to agree with you. 
this game, and it wasn't it wasn't this game that they reached it. It was this game, the injuries they sustained mm. from this game, mm. yeah. that in future weeks, uh, yeah, have, are going to absolutely fuck them. Mm. And like it's like you said, they were in that game up until what was it, seventy third minute when uh, Dylan yeah. Brown scored that try. And I mean, uh, at that point, like mm. it was it, it, arguably a player that shouldn't even been on the fucking field. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was a fucking weird one. Bizarre. It's pretty bad as far as these things go. Hey, like I mean, it seemed pretty open and shut to me. Well, especially with them coming out and saying, amongst other things, that we are going to have an extra focus on utilizing the sin bin, mm-hmm. and an extra focus on people making contact with the head and neck. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not fucking out of the realms of reasonable to assume that that extends to to injuries. You know, yeah. One thing I'm not a fan of is people using the extent of someone's injury to justify to yeah. a, a punishment, right? Yeah. Because that that means well, okay. So what happens? Does that mean that if somebody gets up again, that shouldn't be penalised? Yeah. No, that's fucking stupid. But regardless of of what was happening, the cunts in a fucking ambulance with a punctured lung. Mm-hmm. You know it. It takes some fucking force, yeah, to crack a rib. It, it's not one of those fucking breaks where, uh, you know, you you kick your, your little toe against a fucking door and it doesn't take much to shatter the bone. Yeah. It takes some fucking force, but for them to just miss it completely, yeah, mm. I I thought it was off, um, and then to not go back and fix it. Look, I think they've been doing a pretty good job actually this year of fucking pulling stuff up and going, hang on, nah, there was a penalty here. Go back and play it. Yeah, fuck. I remember complaining as a Manly, as Manly versus the Titans, and like they got through like an entire fucking set and then they go back and get a penalty. I'm like, this shit is, it's not fucking tenant, man. Stop trying to go back in time to find reasons to fucking give these cunts the ball again. But I mean, they can see that, like a guy did, you know, there was a guy that was, yeah. might have been too handsy in the ruck or something yeah. fucking three minutes ago, but they can't see a guy dropping knees. It, you know. But again, it's not even like it was obscured. No. No, it was fucking. <laughs> it was so cut and dried. So yeah, but um, the the roosters also in this one suffered and and it was unlucky. But when you get such linchpins of your attack and and leaders in defence like Radley get HIA'd right at the beginning of the game. Yeah. Yep. Um, that's that's a fucking rough night at the office. I would go. So I, I would go so far as to say that if Radley hadn't have been uh, wiped out of this game, that the Roosters probably would have got away with it. Because I mean, the noticeable difference in the quality of the ball getting out, yeah, with Radley not there, yeah, is crazy. Like he's yeah. he's 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 so important to that side, especially you know with the state they're in at the minute. And on on your Bryce comments, going, I agree with you one hundred percent. But you know, and that goes, I guess, to his hard work or what I'm assuming is his hard work because one thing that groups of of people like that love is somebody that's had a hard time and has worked for it Mm. has actually fucking worked for it and what I'm hoping and I I thought about this a little bit after the game and I mix it with the fact that if you look across Penrith's team and Nate you and I have spoken about this multiple times you know throughout last year and even the year before about why it is that people don't give a short kicking game to as many members of their football team as they possibly can. Mm. 
Like what? Why it is that they can't have a you know whatever many hours a week or whatever, just trying to develop a short kicking game for everybody in that side? Can you imagine the sort of fucking havoc that would do with a fullback trying to plan yeah. their, their defensive position? Yeah, and if, every guy yeah. has an example yeah. on his tape for somewhere a, putting through. Like park a the entire game. spine on one side of the field and then sling it out yeah. to a fucking front rower who puts a deft kick in for the for the winger on yeah. the opposite side. It, you know, exactly. Um, and, you, well, you're starting to see a little bit of that with Penrith. How many guys in that side have a kick on them? You know, there's a fucking half playing in the centres for them. Um, Melbourne do it when they can all kick back inside on breaks. Mm. Fuck, it's, we're not up to that game yet, but, I mean, Josh Papali'i put in a fucking great Fucking kick. didn't he? Dude, nearly came off. Got yeah. bought the line, drop off, nearly got a try. Yeah, but... Maybe it's also coming in time for for people like Bryce. And I do this, you know, as, as we discussed, I've been watching a little bit of basketball again. And there's a guy that plays basketball, was a a touted superstar named Blake Griffin. He played for a couple of teams, was always sort of injury riddled. And whilst he was a, a sensational player, never really got to the heights that people expected him to coming into the league. And he was busted. He was on a team on way too much fucking money, um, wasn't performing, looked broken, looked dejected, was fucked. He's been picked up by another team as essentially a super sub or a, you know, a, a bench player and second unit yep. player. And he's playing 20% of the minutes he used to. And he's a bona fide superstar again. Mm. Yeah. You know, so maybe there's room in this developing game where you have nights like the Roosters had where a Bryce Cartwright is crucial to your team, who can sort of fill three or four positions and will get on and just work his ass off mm. for 20, 30 minutes a game and just be wherever you need him to be and get out there. His, his job essentially being go out there with the best fucking attitude possible for anyone on there and lift three guys around you. Because um, yep. that's what Bryce seems to be doing. Fucking... God bless, hey, look, we, we, God bless we his love, baby killing we socks. Love a comeback, you know, we, love a, we love a comeback story yeah, on this show, and especially with someone you know who's not necessarily a mascot, but certainly one of our more meme, meme players. And yeah. let, let me just fucking clarify there. We love a comeback story, not a redemption story. Yeah. Correct. That's, yes. There's a, a very you important know? choice of words there, Nathan. Kudos. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We got, yeah, redemption story. Fuck that. Fuck that shit. Yeah. Um, and look, I guess you know what you know. Let's you know credit to the Eels for actually you know controlling the game and hanging in there. Um, you know they they have to play the 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 guys that are up against them. And look, they're getting. They're, I still think that they're. It's not. I'm not saying soft draw, but the Parramatta Eels are certainly being benefited by a lot of fucking shit going yeah. their way this mm. season. You know what I mean? Well, and like, but well, you know, here, still- here you go again. Look at this. You know, to your point before Nathan. Um, uh, Sydney, the Roosters had 36% of possession for the game. Yeah, I was going to bring that. It was funny. Like the very next game was 1% lower. Crazy. Yeah. So, but um, look, you know, good good job Roosters hanging in there. You know, Eels did what they had to do and, uh, you know, banked another win. And uh, just, just now now when we get to Wednesday night this week and we, then we're talking about the Roosters and we're talking about, you know, mm how great they've been doing it, you know, sort of covering these massive holes. Uh, this week's the week where I think, yeah. Yeah. And, and watch them fucking win. And- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hit socials. 
Social this one, Ryan in the Facebook group said, uh, Bryce is hanging the roosters out to dry. Yes, he is. Uh, Nathan said, vaccinations one, black rice zero. Hashtag Cardi Party. Word. Uh, Adam said, this isn't the first time a Hutchinson has struggled to breathe. <laughs> oh, that's so... I can't believe none of us thought of that. Oh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying we didn't, but... Yeah. You know. <laughs> Dean said, who'd have thought a win over the Roosters would highlight Parramatta's lack of premiership credentials? Moses and Brown, premiership winning halves. Fuck all chance with those two flat track bullies. Uh, Mendoza said, Eels played shit and still won. Sam Walker is the new ponger. Commentators paprika every time he touches the ball. First time he played a decent team and he got dusted. Really? I, I haven't Boy. had that vibe about him. That's harsh. That's, that's, I feel that's a little harsh. I feel that's very harsh. Fucking Mendoza. Jesus. <clears throat> Mendoza. Uh, Nigel said, I have nothing left to say but point out what is quite obviously blatant and that there is an agenda by the NRL not to let the Roosters win this year by deliberately allowing our players to be made frittatas by the opposition every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think... I mean, like... Boy, Corner's the only one that's suffering like these ongoing HIA situations, isn't it? Oh, they've oh, lost Corner, they've lost Fred. Jake, Jake Friend, yeah. Yeah, oh, that's right, Fred. Yeah. They lost Teddy for a period in this game. Yeah, well, yeah. Teddy is becoming extremely fucking targeted. Yeah. And not in like that hard rugby league way. It's like, like swinging taking, arms. Take him out of the fucking game way. Yeah. And that's a, that's a flip side of this HIA stuff. I mean, you know, because if a player stays down in the tackle for any length of time, you know, the trainer comes in, has to make an assessment, and then you know they could be yanked off the field for a you know a, a deeper test. Uh-huh. And um, and so now, if you're prepared to, if you're prepared to cop a penalty or two, or maybe a, maybe a little bit of a report for a player, yeah, yeah. you could you could yeah get people removed on a week week to week basis. Yeah, definitely. And maybe can. wipe them out the next week, depending on what comes back. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, moving along to the Saturday games. Are you fin- will you finish the, the socials? Yep, we're good. Yep. Right. Knights twenty four to feed the Raiders sixteen. Um, the Knights twenty four came through tries to Phoenix Crossland, Tyson Frizzell, and uh, Jaden Braley and Kalen Ponga. Ponga four conversions. The Raiders sixteen tries to Tarpane Simonson. Uh, two conversions to George Williams. Two penalty goals to George Williams. They're, they're back like the the Raiders. Uh, you know, the whole thing about winning's a habit, losing's a habit, fading's a habit. Yeah. And this team, I'd... It's more like they're the... Look, I'm no, I'm no lover of... Sorry, go ahead. At this point, they're more like the Afraiders than the Faders. They're petrified of stepping onto the field in the 41st minute onwards. Yeah. 16-0 up. Teams are going to have a lot of confidence. <laughs> Yeah, but what, what are they going to have a lot of confidence no matter what the oh the, the, it's, it's the, something like ninety eight or ninety two to eight they've been outscored. I think, yeah, yeah. I, think it, I think it was yeah. 93, 93 to eight yeah. over, the, over the last x x number of like it's just it's Fuck staggering mental. And yeah. the fact that they were leading, I mean, in the, in the current way the game is played and the way that momentum can be used and and uh, and capitalized on, sixteen points isn't a death sentence as far as a deficit, but it's still like a pretty good. Fucking barrier you've got yeah. there for yourself. I mean, you, but they the, the Knights came out of that second half and they they went the um you know the, the trick shot on the kickoff for, you know and and it came up and it just immediately like that just shot the Raiders mm. 
like from that point on. I mean, they 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 had a couple of chances where they sort of you know where they had some tries disallowed, but they the differential between the first half Raiders and the and the second half Raiders at the moment. Like I'm not a fan of Ricky, but I mean, could you like they would do your fucking head in? Oh, imagine <laughs> to not fire Dude, a you shot. You can see it in this game. Yeah. yeah. You can see it in the game. Nate, you mentioned a little while ago that one of the hallmarks of a Trent Barrett coach side uh-huh. was that they need some external stimulus. To fire to, themselves into a to, game, yeah. Yeah, to get them going. And you can see in the first 20 minutes of this game, neither side really stood up and, and stamped any authority on it. It was this sort of half frantic, back and forth mistake fest until Canberra had a weight of possession and they put some pressure on and they came up with points and something clicked in them and they were like a different football side. And then for the rest of the half, they were very clearly the better side out of the two. Yeah. But then just as quickly as it came to them with points, it went away with Newcastle's points. And yeah. um, someone said as much in one of the, the socials comments, but you could see straight after the, the Knights got their points, it had fucked each and every one of them. Each and every one of them. And it's not like, you know, you've seen teams where somebody scores and, and it takes them two or three tries in a comeback before it head fucks the other team. This is a fucking problem for the mm. Raiders and Ricky because it was any point scored against them in the second half, they're all head fucked. Yeah. And the, the most concerning part... big hole I to think, get out of. I think the most concerning from just to to add on to your point, is the first thing to give way was their greatest strength. They softened up in the middle so fucking quickly. Yeah. And and then that created the space on the edges and that the unravel. But, you know, that's their biggest strength is those forwards and, and those guys mm. through the middle being dominant and overpowering. And as soon as the Knights pushed back, they fucking fell over like paddle pop sticks. And yeah. And yeah, did yeah. not want a bar of getting back into it. And, and then mm. the space on the edges with, you know, Ponga and, and the try Frizzell scored. Like, I thought he'd completely fucking bombed it and then he just put some footwork on six blokes and scored. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. It's particularly embarrassing, that that particular. But the, the whole response from the Raiders forwards was, was probably the most concerning thing. Of all the, the fading and... and you know, the losses and all the rest of it. Yep. When, the, you know, any side, when the going gets tough, they, their default is to go back to what they do best. And the Raiders, the, the Raiders forwards didn't want to bar of it. So if I was Ricky Stewart, yeah, that's and it. I'm glad I'm not, that would be the most concerning part. <clears throat> Anything else, mate? No, no. Like, look, you know, like, I want to give credit to Callum Ponga for the second half play. I thought that he uh, contributed to the Knights and uh, was, you know, a big factor in the, mm. you know, getting getting the the ascendancy. And he had a great half of football. So don't let it be said that I don't recognise when he actually plays well. I mean, he's still a coward in defence and under the high ball, but <laughs> attacking wise, he delivered on what they would I imagine expect to to get from him. But on the, a this is the thing, basis. This is, and and I, I understand what you're saying. Um, but but at, at what stage does what should be considered every week, every minute of the game play become something that you praise him for? Well, yeah, that's it. 
you know? I mean, I, I, would, I, would, I would, I would like to qualify my statements and say it's not praise; it's just acknowledgement. And because, not, like, I feel because we go, because you know, we got the whole knights in the credit thing, you know, and, yeah. and so I just want, I, I, I want them, I want them to know that I, that, that I, that I recognise that he played well in the second half. Yeah, That's true, but yeah, you know, okay, it's things like so. So again, you look at um, greatest player in the game right now, Nathan Cleary. The he played a phenomenal eighty minutes of football, directed his team to a win, but then he has those minutes where he steps up and goes above and beyond greatness into into a godlike state, like when he when he threw that pass uh, where he looked back inside and threw the no-look pass out to Luai, who had Burton wrap around to score, like that that was god tier. That was another dimension of play. Whereas what Pong is doing is he gets play, plays a shocking first half where he's throwing passes to ground and just being more of a hindrance in the attacking line. He changes that to have an average play in the second half and, and we're praising him. <laughs> what sort of backwards donkey dick world is this we live in? <laughs> anyway, well done, well done, Knights. Credit where credit's due. You just got your, the credit that is due to you. There's some credit. <laughs> <laughs> Socials. Uh, um, Jordan from the Facebook group said, uh, maybe Mrs. Tarpany was on something. Ricky might want to watch out. He'll be lining up for Centrelink if he doesn't invite her on as a coaching consultant. <laughs> oh, God. The fucking poor cunt got injured too. Yep. That's fucking rough. That'll limit his minutes. In- if, if I was her, I would have got on Insta and gone, what the fuck? Last week was too few. This week was too long. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, Sam. Said, is it cheaper to sack the coach than it is to sack a bunch of useless cunts that don't want to be there? What the fuck is going on? Hmm. Uh, Isaac said, well, we won a goddamn cripple fight. One of the worst quality games I've seen. Thank God for the return of the faders. Hashtag fuck the Broncos. Uh, Nat said, remember when Hodgson was the problem? That's it. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been fucking simple? Wouldn't that yeah. have been so fucking simple? Yeah. Nothing um, changed. Not a thing. Ryan said and makes a good point. As soon as the Knights got their first try early in the second half, you could see the Raiders' confidence slowly dissolve, and it was only going to go south from there. Good job from the Knights to keep the pressure on and clean up their errors from the first half. And uh, M.M. Aussie says, Too many years outside of Leilua has rubbed off on Rapana. Good for a brain fart or two with the game on the line. We'll be drinking milk from a spoon come September at this rate. <laughs> That's the thing. Like Rapina had some fucking great touches and some, and and he was put away a couple of times down the sideline. Yeah, but like motherfucker, like there was that there was that one in particular where he kicked it mm. and it just sort of you know got scooped up by by a Knights player and, like, and that was the end of that. But it was like the I second mean, tackle or some shit. Yeah, if not the first one. I mean, dude, you weren't like take two steps in from the sideline and just take the fucking tackle. Is there man, a right? more kick happy winger in the comp than Rapina? Yeah, probably not. Look, he's up there. He is. Look, there there is zero I'll, thought of taking oh, a tackle. I want to say Josh Adokar is, but that tends to come off. Yeah, I was going to say he does well, yeah, he get B-Mos, a pass B-Mos because B-Mos it's more effective. In, in, 
Bmos kicks Bmos kicks in going going over the sideline. He kicks over with yeah, his right well, right foot, and it ends up going like landing straight in Teddy's lap, like five meters to the right that, of the upright. Yeah, that's it, you know. You know, but that that's a fucking great example though. If you're going to be a kick happy winger, it's up to the rest of your team to establish that you're a kick happy a kick happy winger. Mm-hmm. And when you make a break, it's not just your centre that should be pushing up in support with you. You know. The, the four positions inside of you should be up there as well mm. to be there for the kick. Just put fucking jumpers around the ball. Not fucking hard. Uh, at On Twitter, at Xander underscore TVT. Said the Raiders aren't fit enough and have lost the will to not just win, but even consistently compete. They fail on all the detail areas of the game once the halftime buzzer is gone and just don't know how to manage a game when in front. That's it. And uh, at the Biddles one said fitness and a lack of intensity. Yes, they lost two forwards for the second half, but it's round nine for fuck's sake. Line speed is the slowest in the comp. Newcastle simply wanted it more. Here we go. The West Tigers. Sorry, the Gold Coast Titans, 36. Feed the West Tigers, 28. Um, out at Campbelltown, a very special day with the, the, the retro style Maggie's jerseys and, uh, you know, Tommy Radonica's fanfare. Uh, the Titans 36 had tries through uh, a double to Philip Sammy. Uh, Peachy, Kelly, uh, Bo Firma, and Tanner Boyd also with tries. Uh, Jamal Fogarty, six conversions. The Tigers 28 tries to BJ Leilua, Adam Dewey, Jake Simpkin, and a double junk time fucking special to David Nofaluma. Uh, Dewey for five conversions. Glenn, let's, let's, what do you have to say? First things first, situation. I think my decision pre-game to uh, park myself on the couch with uh, a, uh, a nice vodka and a West Magpies 1999 <laughs> jersey, signature sponsored sponsored jersey, uh, in hindsight was a poor decision. Do, do you get triggered, triggered every time that Prince song comes up? Which one, mate? I'm not a, I wouldn't say I was a Prince fan. Or Purple Rain, what do you fucking think? The, the one about fucking 1999, <laughs> you dopey thumb. Oh, yeah, gotcha. <laughs> well, partying, partying like it's 1999 is not my, uh, is not my thing. Well, the, or the, the Tigers actually did. They played like the fucking 1999 Magpies um, for large parts of this game. It was uh, the most disappointing thing was uh, you could – you could almost tell they weren't on from the, the first set, um, and if there's a more mental... Yeah, but they came back from that part, though. They weren't on early, <laughs> but then they then they suddenly switched on, and they were looking dominant. I, I thought and you were going to say they they played like they were coached by a deceased cancer patient. <laughs> <laughs> if there's a more mentally fragile club in the comp, I'd, uh, I'd like to hear who it is, but uh, they... Uh, it was pretty fucking ordinary. I thought um, young Sini had a, had a nightmare, and you, you got to allow kids to to have a game or two like that as they as they start trying to put their their first grade career together. Um, Simpkins had a couple of mistakes as well, and unsurprisingly, a large portion of the fan base wants them dropped or sacked, and because you know they've just uh. got we've just got this depth of fucking talented youngsters to to just pluck out of. God knows where, and stick into the first grade side and save us. I say, fucking leave them in there, let them make their mistakes because there's plenty of experienced fuckers in there that are making 
as many or more mistakes than these young fellas. So I think it's important for their development. Um, yeah, to say it's disappointing is it's not the first time we've uh, had that discussion this season, is it? Mm, no, and, um, nor will it be the last. Well, I think that's, that's, that's a stretch, Nathan, if I'm honest. We could just... we've, had, we've had fucking eight games in the season and it's already happened like two or three times minimum. <laughs> oh, it's fucking true. Um, the hit rate, the strike rate is fucking, is, is incredible. Yeah, you're right. I think with every game, though... If, if it was goals, that'd be El Masri. <laughs> Speaking of goals, the second funniest ending to a game this year after, of course, the uh, the one where Luke Brooks ran the length of the field and thought he'd score the goal point. The second funniest ending of the year, though, was Dewey like, I'm going to rush the... The clock's fucking stopped. Stop. I'm going rush rush, to rush the conversion so we can have one more crack. <laughs> like a one-play thing to try and, you know, score a try and pull the game back level and then proceeds to miss probably one of the easiest goal, he had, goal attempts he had that afternoon. Yeah. It's hard to hate on Dewey. He was um, he had a dig for the whole game. Um, but just on Luke Brooks, again, I, I think defensively he, he was – he made some important tackles. They obviously ran a fair bit of traffic, traffic at him, but in attack he was – it was a fucking handbrake. I think Maguire has advised him to run the ball more to try and get his confidence back. And I think it's having the opposite effect. Um, it's How the fuck are you telling the guy with the shortest legs in the history of the game to run the ball more? <laughs> <laughs> you can't, it's like a fucking you, practical joke. You can't like fucking... the kid. He's fast. Tyr- hey, hey, Tyr- hey, Tyrion Lannister, fucking run, run down the other end of the field, I'll time you. It's all, it's that kind of thing. You know what? It was? Ma- Madge's, Madge's favourite fucking scene out of Jackass 2 was the one where Wee Man was running down the fucking street in a nappy. And so he just wants to see it every week for free. Well, he's just like, look, if nothing else is going to be give me any joy from coaching these useless cunts. Might as well have a bit of fun with it. Fucking hell. I think Brooks and is... look. I tell you what. All, all shit aside, though, Dewey has to be one of the most successful acquisitions for for any team, and I mean that in all seriousness. He came from Souths, you know, and and he probably wasn't happy about being let go mm. or being being free to look elsewhere. Um, has taken to a new position and has been consistently one of the best deliverers for the club. Yeah, I agree. So all the shit from all the shit from the season aside, um, that's one fucking positive that's come out of it. Oh, he's like well, I mean, you could see now with the in, in terms of directing the side around the field, he's the one making the calls now. Mm. Yeah, looks Luke Brooks has to just sort of sit back now, and he he has to actually defer to him. Which is, I don't think is is a bad thing for the Tigers either. It's not. What, is, what it's does prob- it say for Luke Brooks's career though? Like his whole he career. Cares. I mean, it's not their job to. It's not their. It's not their fucking job to preserve careers. Play play better if you want a fucking career, bitch. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. Like but a- fucking, it's like every game, every week, he's like slices a little bit more credibility off his fucking career. Every just just fucking let him go. Like, yeah. it's not helping anyone. And I think he's a far better footballer than what he's actually putting forward for the Tigers 
over the last season and a bit. I, I honestly do. But I, I think it's too far gone at the Tigers, and I think he needs an opportunity. He may need some time in fucking England. So what? Or, or what is it though that's too far gone? I think it's he's he's head fucked with the the bullshit. Yeah, okay. the, you know the media, the fan base, the the expectation and the pressure, and and he's not living up to it. And every time he doesn't live up to it, there's more of that, which then fucks his head that little bit more. You know. That's is what it I the actual don't club, fucking, don't, don't come out don't come out in the newspaper at the start of the season and say you've got no more excuses and you're going to be you're, you're unleashing yourself this year. Yeah, I hey, I agree with you. You're right. preaching to the choir. I'm not saying he's helped himself either. <laughs> well, you know, that's what Glenn did when he when he went and started his business. He rang all his competitors and threatened to unleash himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, he actually did do that. Exactly. And you fucking know it because he puts these little posts on Facebook that's all right. the time as well. <laughs> fucking come at um, me. Cunts. So here's the thing: is it the club though? Is it the fact that every other club has you know budgets and regimen for for fitness equipment and sports scientists and stuff like that, and the West Tigers are celebrating Ronnie Palmer spending a century in rugby league? <laughs> you know, and like people are coming to him with compound fractures, and he slaps some deep heat on him and gives him a ventilant. <laughs> It says, "Hope you don't get fucking drafted into Nam, you poor cunts." He spray some. He spray some of that Mister Magic fucking ice. Yeah, oh, the cooling spray on it. How dare you? How dare you, Sully? The, the name of the great Ronnie Palmer. But fuck that biscuit factory. Fuck think, him to tears. I think Luke Brooks would be best served plying his trade elsewhere. Mm. Right, and this is like I don't want to be all doom and gloom here for the Tigers. We've got a lot of Tigers, Tigers fans listening to the show, and like you know, you you, you haven't helped them at all with your fucking doom and gloom, Glenn. But I want to say, like, like in the general running of the play and attacking, the Tigers, are, you know, they're 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 a reasonable side. Well, they they're could score twenty eight points. They're not even close to um, you know the worst side. Of that the problem with the Tigers is they are one of the most inept fucking clueless defensive fucking sides, mm. if not the most inept, clueless defensive side in a competition this year. Mm. Yeah. Like, the amount of good stuff they can do in their general play, you know, their kicking games, you know, not terrible. They can lay on tries. But <coughs> holy shit, the, just the, on, a, on a cellular level, like the, 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 the man-to-man fucking decision-making. Yeah. And the lateral movement. Almost that entire side. Of a, yeah. S- scoring off a kickoff, which... They discussed after the game. It it's revealed that they had discussed in team sessions during the week training for this game that to be extremely wary of the Titans shifting from a kickoff because they've got a bit of that in their game. We need to be aware of it. So they shift the ball from the fucking kickoff. We have Luciano and Mbai. Mbai, to be fair, to to some degree, he. It looked like he lost his footing. Luciano moves laterally like the fucking Manly Ferry, and they score off the fucking kickoff like this. That's under under eights. <laughs> Bullshit. Mm. Yeah, it's and that's that's mental because you look at the Souths game or you look at you know the Dragons game. It can be they can do it. Yeah. They can do it. So it's like I say, if there's a more mentally fragile team that when they drop their heads, they drop everything 
Um, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's it's just fucked. <laughs> just <laughs> fucked. <laughs> and I am the fucking poor cunt that has to come out here twice a fucking week and put up with his fucking bullshit. And quite frankly. I fucking lived and died for this fucking team a hundred times over and all I want from these cunts is a bit of fucking effort in return. And I don't feel like that is an unnecessary expectation or an unrealistic expectation. Coming in here twice a week, if you're David Nofaluma, between Nate and I... I'm rushing in twice a week. (laughs) Yeah, but, but between Nate and I... Which one of us is David Fafita's shoulder and which one's the fence? <laughs> uh, I would say you are Fafita's shoulder because you instigate me being launched. <laughs> right? <laughs> you instigate it. And then Nathan would definitely be the fence. <laughs> because <laughs> he, he, he's there and he gives you the impression, I've got you, buddy. I've got you. But then you realise he's a fucking fence. <laughs> All too late after you, after you've hit him. <laughs> because yeah, and again, he here's this thing. There's a, these tiny little things about the club. You you put on a match at a suburban ground, which you've been to one or two times before, <laughs> and have fucking exposed concrete and chain link fences within flying distance of the in goal. Like it. It's not a theme park, eh? It's not like Campbelltown land where everyone needs to feel like they're deep in the heart of Campbelltown. Um, (laughs) Oh, I feel like I got jacked. (laughs) And a shoe came off. (laughs) Why is there needles Um, on the field? It's fucking topical. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you've heard the the story about the the green M&Ms with Van Halen? No. So... So back in the day, Van Halen had a, a set request list when they went and played a venue. Right? Like a so writer, they'd, yeah. They'd take yeah. Their, their concert around to different places and they'd have a document that went out to the places in advance saying, this is the setup we need. And it covered everything from uh, dressing room requirements to the stage to pyrotechnics to all of this stuff. And there were a couple of points in the dressing room that were really fucking super obnoxious rock star shit. Mm. Like a... Um, a clear glass bowl, not plastic, uh, three quarters full with green M&Ms. No other colours. I, I heard something M&Ms. similar about like Mariah Carey at the height of her diva fucking shit, something similar, whether it was M&Ms or well, see, Skittles Different or reasons, I think, for the two things. Yeah. Um, okay. So with the Van That's Halen... Because right, I know the story, yeah. With, with, with the Van Halen thing, when their tour manager got to the venue before the band... Yeah. The first thing he would go and look for was the bowl of M&Ms in the dressing room. Right? Because that told him a lot of what he needed to know about the organization that that they were playing the show at. Yeah, okay. If there was a if there was a bowl 3 quarters full and somebody had taken the time to go and purchase 40 packets of M&Ms, pull all of the fucking green ones out and put them in a bowl, then their attention to detail was likely mm. to be pretty good in other areas. Yeah, there's yeah. other and ways to it. Read the entire document. Surely there's they, other they, ways to know, achieve that without looking like a cunt. <laughs> is there really? Honestly, is there? And I mean, this is the thing: you've got a massive document, you're burying a few minor details in there, and uh, I mean, like if you were dealing with people that got attention to detail, then those minor details would be. Attending. It was like, did did you ever get that test at school? 
where it gave you a set of instructions. And, and the last uh, one was... Like the, the, the first one was read every question before you begin the test. And then the very last one was do not answer any of the yeah. questions. Put your pencil down and, and go outside. And you'd be sitting there frantically fucking trying to answer the question. Like the, the one cunt that didn't have ADD at the age of seven would fucking get up and walk outside. <laughs> oh, but, yes. Um, anyway. You know, this is the thing with, with the Tigers. What does them playing at their home ground, not having sufficient safety protocol set up for fucking players not to run into concrete and chain link fences, what... Is that their green M&Ms? What does that say about the rest of the organisation and how it's run? I'll tell you. It says it's a fucking dumpster fire. Look, can it, I just it's be hard, can I just, it's uh, hard to just, argue uh, against that when the results are clearly have happened before you've made that comment. <laughs> I'd like to make an alternate. I'd like to put forth an alternate theory though, because after all, out there at Campbelltown. That is actually um, Jared Haynes' house. You remember <laughs> when he claimed ownership, and I think, I think you know, perhaps he's done some renovations to ease his transition into the next phase of his life. And concrete and steel is a big fucking part of that. And maybe so he's getting he's slammed just... into it by giant men. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Look, oh, I think, that's I think fucking brilliant. On, on that note. I, I didn't want to say too much about it, but I encourage everybody to fucking tweet at every Jared Hayne rape apologist that they can find how fucking great it is and how overjoyed he must be to go into a place for five years where everyone living under that roof agrees with his definition of consent. <laughs> <laughs> How good it is for him to be in a place where he's just right all the time. Uh, yep. Although I'm sure Hillsong didn't fucking push back too much either. Oh. He'll be pushing back now. <laughs> so in <laughs> summary, I, I don't know if Campbelltown Land is the name of the episode, but uh, feel free to use it. Yeah, yeah, I wrote it down. Yeah, you see me? Oh, yeah I, I, did, I did write it down. <laughs> Imagine that, the fucking movie. Field of Needles. <laughs> Do you know, growing up though, the amount of time and and I, uh, the amount of times and places I went to between my dad's pub and also places around Eds and Campbelltown, where you would look down and you you would legitimately see just a random fucking needle. You're like, oh, there's a needle. Better steer clear of that. Look, can you imagine our children now? being in a position where they look down they see just like a random needle and having to process that piece of information mm. it's like the shit that i saw growing up between that dumb you know just dumb shit and violence and all the rest of it it's fucking my kid my kid would probably make a tiktok of him throwing it at his mates <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> Hepatitis of fortune. <laughs> You're still a person. Still a person. <laughs> <laughs> probably not going to be around oh. for much longer. You're probably not going to be around for much longer. No, you got longer, AIDS, but, uh, but that's okay. You're still a person. <laughs> for now. 
Hits him, uh, hits him tiger tweets. Oh, our Twilly winner at Ma underscore Aaron was the first one in with this joke. Said, Noffa finally looks good in defense. <laughs> I was spewing because like, I, I, I was like, oh, I've got to do something about the Titans introducing him to, you know, introducing him to defense. And then I'm like, I'll just see if anyone's done anything. And like, and like yeah. there's like 150. I'm like, oh, fuck, all right then. Uh, <laughs> Joel in the Facebook group said Tigers honouring Tommy's legacy by mimicking the honouring of Tommy they did after his death <laughs> Joel <laughs> said they might as well put Tommy's corpse in the defensive line at this point <laughs> just weekend yeah. West Tigers weekend at Tommy's <laughs> oh fucking hell Joel said, ever since I've started listening to the Twill, Tiger games have become much more special. <laughs> Thought of Glenn trying not to smash a hole in his TV, giving the kids an angry dad, fuck off, I'm watching my shitty team lose, warms the heart. Let's hope the Tigers can find a reason to shit over a legacy every week. <laughs> <laughs> Just on that, it's funny that that should come up. So Leo was watching uh, watching the the big TV, which is typically where I park myself up to watch the Tigers and um, that is su- that is such a fucking dad thing to say yeah <laughs> the big t- on the big TV oh, I'm on the big TV yeah <laughs> so I was like mate you, you probably just can, dad's uh, Tigers game's on shortly can you um, do you reckon you could go play play your switch on, on the other TV or, or whatever and he's he's blown up about it but he's he's taken it and he's moved on and then about, uh, I don't know, what was it, 15 minutes in, the Titans have scored a couple of tries. Jackson comes over and says, do you want do you want Leo to come back and use this TV again, Dad? Have you had enough yet? So, so, so that tweet wasn't all that far off. <laughs> I, will, I won't say he got the... Getting roasted by... Getting roasted by a child who supports the Broncos, though. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. Uh, mate, that kid's got, he's got zero shame. He's just fucking relentless. I don't know where he gets that shit from. Quite honest, probably his mother. Uh, one-eyed Tiger said, That game was the epitome of the entire West Tigers' existence. What a fucking punish of a club. Yeah. That that one gets The true me. believers. The true believers. That, that hits me that in the field. Is. And that's yeah. not even like some ironic, like self-depreciating piss take. No. Fucking dire straits, West Tigers. Uh, Norts said, good to see Tanner Boyd continuing the Boyd legacy. <laughs> <laughs> Shunter <coughs> said, this was such an easy tip, it's sad. And uh, your mate from the Facebook group, Glenn Kyle, said, this is... <laughs> is that said, how this it's is pronounced? Karma. <laughs> said, this is karma for that McKinnon joke Glenn made. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. And I'll, it give the, with that. I'll give the final say on this true. one to James, who tells a story. He says, I once started fucking this girl up her ass, and as I was approaching the vinegar strokes, I pulled out, only to discover worms crawling out her hole oh. and one trying to climb down my dick. <laughs> it looked like a maggot was trying to climb inside its mum. <laughs> I had to jerk it fast in the hope that I would jizz it out. 
to this day, I don't know if I was successful. All I know is this experience was more enjoyable than this game. <laughs> it's disgusting. That is like dead set the worst fucking comment that we've ever had. <laughs> like, not even close. Jesus Christ. <sighs> you know Next what? Game. If this morning, if this morning I had a list of a million things I thought I would say, <laughs> the phrase, it looked like a maggot trying to crawl inside its mum. <laughs> Probably, probably pretty low. <laughs> probably low. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and can I just also add that someone's made a comment that made you think twice. <laughs> you of all people. Oh no, the comment didn't. It was just like that description. <laughs> I didn't even ever. Like... <laughs> it, don't get me wrong. It's fucking it's, golden, it's and I will be stealing new. it. It's something <laughs> new. That's it. <laughs> All right, uh, where are we? Oh yeah, uh, the Cowboys nineteen defeat the Broncos eighteen up there at the abattoir. The nineteen for the Cowboys tries to felt uh, Lemuelu and uh, Jason Tamalolo barnstorming best again. Uh, Holmes two or three conversions, a penalty goal, and the crucial field goal. The Broncos eighteen tries to Xavier Coates, Reese Kennedy, and Jesse Arthur's Osako three of three conversions. Again, the Broncos they. Look, they fucking had it won. Mm-hmm. They had it won. Yeah, they did. It's just good to see. It's good to see their little fake, not really a, not really a derby, derby, going, getting back to that one point shit that they, mm. you know, yeah, was going on for years and years. I thought this was a, a, it was actually a pretty entertaining game all over for lots of reasons. I thought um, the Broncos in the end had no ability to close it out, and that's really on on Milford as the most senior. Half or, or playmaker, um, the game was there to be iced, and he wilted again. Um, Not only missing the tackles that you know to to allow them to mm. get downfield to you know to get the you know, in position for the try to even it up. Can I yeah. say though, in in defence of Milford, in no. defe- let's take an example of like some of the great halves combinations of, of Premiership winning sides. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you'll be at, um, you know, Preston and Gower, um, you know, Benji and Prince in 05, um, Foran and DCE mm-hmm. when when they won, uh, one of them was a game manager. The other one was a creative. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah. in the most part of this, yeah. yeah. Out of those two roles, which one does Milford fit? He's supposed to be the creative, right? Mm. He is, which is where I think it's unfair to expect him to be the game manager. Seniority or tenure at a club or even fucking tenure in the game doesn't doesn't give you that. Like, look at Benji Marshall now. You know, he he isn't expected to be Adam Reynolds and he's the most tenured fucking playmaker going around. Mm. Yeah, you know, but in the Broncos' case, if if not him, who? Correct, which which is a failing of the club, though, mm. not Milford. That that's a failing that it comes down in these games to the club not knowing how to recruit, not knowing what they're recruiting for, and by that I mean not knowing what fucking gaps there are in the skill set of their teams. You know it, and you can sort of see that that's why they went after the Brody Croft. Mm. Brody Croft, yeah. if if he was as they thought he was, 
he's their game manager. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, and like coming they, from the, the you know the storm system, they thought they were it. buying yeah, they Cooper Cronk they... 2.0, and they got Correct. fucking exactly. They, they uh, when they got home and lost the receipt, <laughs> they realised yeah. that it was not that. It's like the kid that yeah. bought a fucking Toyota Sora because it had a Lexus badge on it and thought he got a Lexus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it goes every now and again, but, you know, <laughs> your resale's not great. So true. Um, oh, look, I fucking love this game. You know, yeah. I, I am all for crafty veteran resurgences and Kyle Felt's fucking... Octopus fucking... Oh, man. Plastic, plastic man try... Mm. Yep. That was fucking sensational. Like, that guy, based solely on 2005 grand final try and that put down in this game, he should retire yeah. a cowboy and be given a job after football for life. <laughs> yep. fucking... Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Outstanding. Um, well, and... look, if they, if, they don't, if they don't do that, I would gladly offer him a position, an ambassadorial position for, for Twill Nation hashtag fuck the Broncos, because if there's anyone in this world... <laughs> has embodied that. That has, that has embodied and done yeah. more towards the cause of hashtag fuck the Broncos, I'd like to fucking see you present who it would be. Because, I mean, he is the absolute <coughs> god oh. and CEO of fuck the Broncos. Maybe Wayne Bennett. Seabold. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think, you know, like Seabold did what he did. Wayne Bennett has far too much good to tip the, tip the scale the other way. That Seabold, is true. He had, a, he had a garbage year, but, I mean, you can't tell me that engineering getting their fucking hearts ripped out through their fucking throats in 2015. <laughs> that is very is true. Not, you know. Um, mm. Jason Talmalolo, um, yeah, he was, it was, you know, good. He, it looks like he's getting back there. It looked like he was pretty happy too. And I mean, that, that try was just, you know, classic, you know, great footwork from a big guy, wrong footed everyone. There was no one there to stop mm. him. And Matt Lodge was being lazy and not coming back through yeah. on the inside. And, you know, yeah. he was left to, to, you know, piggyback him over the line as he scored the try. I, I was thinking during this game, you know, has has the game, and I don't mean the game, but the people that played it sort of passed JT by in that fact that he was the benchmark of forwards, you know, for, for a lot of his career. But then have the new crop come through, the the Haases, the, the Pang guys, the Fafitas, are those guys now the standard and he's just one of a group of of the best? Yeah. I don't know. I mean he's been out for weeks but, and weeks, so like let's have, let's have a look, you know, let's revisit it later. Yeah, exactly. But then then just watching how he carried himself in this game, yeah. He was fucking rooted. Mm. He was absolutely on empty. Yeah. But still found ways to give when it was needed of him. And yeah. I think that's what, what now sets him apart, in in my opinion. That when there's fucking nothing left, mm. he's got this fucking reserve tank that he can go to yeah. that that gets them home in tight situations like this. He was phenomenal. Absolutely yeah. phenomenal. Pan, like, Pangai doesn't like 30, have that. No. 34 tackles in like Yet. 230 metres or something like that. Was, you know, still impressive numbers, you know. Absolutely. So And, and, and the, the, you know, the best... You know, on ground in that yeah, game. That's it. To be um, it is looking at the Broncos though. They did that thing where then when there was a one-on-one strip against yep. them, and then all of a sudden, every fucking play they're going for a one-on-one strip. Mm. Yeah, 
And to me, that just reeks of a team that has no cohesive game plan. You know, if if you're if you're the Storm, and somebody does a one-on-one strip to you, you go, oh, that's fucked. We knuckle down and we defend this set, and we just yep. get right back to playing Storm Ball. Yep. Because that's just another defensive set. We've fucked up here, but we get back to our set, and then we just go back to our attacking plan. the The game just moves on. Mm. Whereas Brisbane just seemed to be playing this fucking ad hoc thing. Oh, fuck, they did that. Oh, we'll just try and do that. You know, yep. there's there's no organisational plan there. It's uh, Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, if the, if, if the Broncos could sort their halves out, they would be a reasonable team. I mean, because they're forwards. Like, they, they, can yeah. fucking, they can roll through the middle like, like, like fucking any team. And they, really. look, oh. they stood up against the best pack in the competition as well as anybody else has. Mm-hmm. So, but what is what um, is the right combination in the halves for them? No not one they've got now. Reserve great, yeah, not reserve. I mean, you know, like I said, just let's go. Let's go the classic. You know, a game manager. You need a good one. I mean, like I, I think if they, uh, if this big, you know, there's, there, there was talk in the media like you know, Adam Reynolds has presented them some terms that you know he would accept, and you know, in terms of cash and that sort of thing. Please, be, please and, be a five year with another year in his favour. I don't think it was that long. I think I don't think it was that long, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was four. I don't remember exactly what it was off the top of my head. Um, but if they had an Adam Reynolds, they would become instantly far better. Well, look at them across the park. Really, they need a hooker and they need some decent halves. And they're inst- almost instantly a guaranteed top eight side again. And they could probably they could probably upgrade they could probably upgrade a number of their backs. I think. Yeah, like as well. I mean, considering you know, yeah, they're losing some, they're losing Coates and yeah, uh, they've they've lost him. But their fullback, you know, Asako's right up there and can mm-hmm. fucking kick goals. Mm-hmm. Their forward yeah. pack are, are all basically rep quality except their hookers. Yep. You know it's. It's not a poor team by any stretch of the imagination. Anyway. Anyway, hashtag fuck the Broncos. Cameron in the Facebook group said, fuck, I hate paying the Cowboys. Yes, you would. Uh, ben said, Val has been a little quiet tonight, but fuck me, that was clutch. Mm. And it, wasn't it just? Yeah. Wasn't it? And yeah. the other thing it was, was a fucking great display from the Cowboys halves. How does Chad Townsend improve that team? He doesn't. Like they weren't, they weren't stellar. But know, I just but, think um, the pay, the payoff of sticking with those guys compared to putting Chad yeah. in there for fucking four years, it's yeah. just stick with them. Stick but with they because they, they they extended Drinkwater as well, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. This last week. Yeah. So so that's and three. Did. That's yeah. Bought Deed and Chad extended Drinkwater. So I mean. Like, how are they, who are they fucking, who are they paying to do nothing? Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Don't know. Levius said, Tom Lolo is the true Cowboys hero with the initials JT, not that cackling headgear fraud. There you go. Oof. Peter in the Facebook group said, fuck, that was frustrating. Brisbane were on top most of that game and needed some organization in the last 10 minutes to get home. Last tackle play, six point up with five minutes to go and Bullimore takes a hit up. Cowboys then go on a charge up the field for 95 metres to score. I fucking hate Milford for so many reasons. He's the experienced playmaker on the field. Not only does he call for the ball on the last to attempt a field goal, his cowardice leads to the final line break that costs the game. Fuck. 
That is a very good summation. Jordan said, is it just me or does Kevy take acid before the press conferences? Biggest hit TPJ put on was the ref and Lolo was back to his best. Scott Bongwater and Val forming a nice combo. <laughs> Bongwater, yeah. I like it. Uh, Cruzy said, costly errors plus flimsy defense at the end cost us the game, but all good on to win the next game. Right. <laughs> Fucking hell. You simple, delusional cunt. <laughs> uh, speaking of the next game, the uh, Mighty Manly Seagulls 38 defeated the New Zealand Warriors 32 um, in Tommy Turbo's 100th game. And uh, what a fucking game. Like, that's this is an example of how to do a memorial anniversary game correctly. A game that had personal stakes for a player, a fucking milestone game. Generally speaking, to the point where it's sort of become a meme, the Tigers generally treat these games with absolute fucking contempt and shit all over the fucking player who's celebrating. Correct, Glenn? I just feel like we've already spoken about the Tigers, Nathan. (laughs) (laughs) Because, of course, the Tigers had... What was it? It was three things, wasn't it? It was Dewey's Dewey's 23rd birthday. Yeah. Tommy getting let down again. What was the other one? There was something else. West Jersey. Yeah. Oh, that's right, the West Jersey. <laughs> anyway, um, Manly 38 came through a double to Tommy Turbo. Garrick, Harper, uh, also with tries, and Jason Saab with a hat trick. That's uh, good wins, Garrick, too. four conversions and uh, a penalty goal. The Warriors 32 uh, had a double to Channel Harris DeVita. Tohu Harris, Curran, Reese Walsh, also with tries. I think that was Reese Walsh's first try in first grade. Uh, Nick Arima, five conversions and a penalty goal. Uh, perfect day. With the boot for him. Good drink, Glenn. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> fucking thirsty. It just sounded like you. It just sounded like you. Re- it just sounded like you really fucking enjoyed it. <laughs> it was just like <sighs> I was more taking a breath because I fucking know what's coming. Listening to you. There's no. Well, there's 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 nothing coming except honest assessments of rugby league. I mean, I was, was really what can was, be coming. They beat they beat the Warriors. It was a this this was like it was a fucking entertaining game because like there was lots of tries scored you know which is great. Um, it's probably it's, this is probably what Valandis had in mind when he made, when he made the rules. Not so much like you know like the, these one sided floggings, but you know like you want these you know, just like points scored sort of thing. Um, and like yeah, I'm not, I'm not like delighted with the defense, but I am delighted with gen- in general how the side played. Um, I'm glad that they sort of they were down by you know more than a try at half time, and they sort of you know looked at that adversity and came back and basically eliminated the errors that put them in that position and um, and cracked on in the second half and just poured on some points. Um, Tommy fucking unbelievable. Like I mean, his 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 uh, try assists stats in this game is tied with every other fullback in the competition's total season output across uh, across eight matches. Um, he's, you know, he's catching up on the tries um, and once again, just fucking untouchable. Um, like pretty much every other, what was like the, the other tries that we scored. I mean, he just about put all of them on. Um, Four tries, Jason six, Saab, two tries, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, J- Jason Saab, fucking delighted with with the improvement he's showing. I wasn't sure about him when he first came over from the Dragons, uh, mostly because I'd sort of been conditioned by the salty Dragons fan talk about you know how he's shit anyway, and you know with the, you know the, the kind of ex ex girlfriend behaviour, and um and he wasn't great to start with, but fuck week on week, 
He's getting better. His defense is great. I mean, like a, you know, potentially game-saving tackle there in the last minute um, against someone who was a great finisher in, in uh, Ken Marmolo. Um, obviously, speed, fucking unbelievable. And uh, and now he's starting to get fed the sort of high kicks to utilize his, his you know, physical stature as well. So everyone's just learning how to use him a bit better, and he's just really starting to take his place in the team, as is Morgan Harper. I was a bit worried this week with Suley coming back from injury, and uh, they sort of had him on the bench. Uh, and I was like, well, you know, maybe that's this is Moses' next evolution in his career where he's probably going to come on as a, at least in our current injury-riddled state, you know, he'd come on as a, a back row replacement or you know, substitute. And, um, yeah, that seemed to be the case. Look, Brad Parker's still a fucking retard, but, um, and, and he's like just some dumb fucking questionable shit that, you know, just effortless shit that he did that... You know, they gave up two, like, you know, a couple of those weird sort of, you know, bouncing ball, fucking rolling around the in goal, you know, mayhem sort of tries, which is just fucking unnecessary. But at the same time, I think they were probably a little bit flat after last week and um, because, you know, obviously it's a big a big difference having to get up to play the fucking Warriors versus, you know, playing the Panthers. Um, but, you know, they got themselves into the game. They got the win. Tommy's the fucking untouchable greatest player, you know, of all time in his current form. And... Um, pretty happy with as well because like without our two first props that was the big worry i had going into the game because the warriors if nothing else are a side that's sort of that rumble down the middle and then and then get it out to you know roger you know get it out to roger or like you know fusatua and malmalo who, who can finish fucking tries and you know while their forwards did you know they their forwards were on top for large portions of the day it was kind of more it was bend not break and uh yeah, we get to welcome back Marty next week, which is great. There you go. Hang on, I want to say something. Always go to socials. Uh, just, just on Jason Sabo, <clears throat> I agree with what you said. I, I think his his ceiling really rose with this game. His the hat trick was impressive alone, but the commitment at the end of the game to cover and make that tackle was a real sign yep. that it, that he's he's arriving. And um, you know, the speed you could see. Um, the try, one of the tries that he scored, where um, Tommy Turbo um, sliced through, and he didn't even bother trying to draw and pass; just gave it to him early and just let him burn the full, burn yeah. burn Roger. <laughs> All ends up so um, you know the the players around him and growing confidence, as you said. So. And I'll tell you, seeing the way that Tommy slide, like, you know, those nearly all of his line breaks were the same this week. And, like, that's straight through fucking Milford Plaza. Mm. I mean, so if they pick Milford next week, that's... <laughs> I don't see that situation stopping anytime <laughs> soon. Um, uh, Levius in the Facebook group said, I'm not saying a word until full time. I'm a slow learner, but I do learn. <laughs> <laughs> of course, throwing back to the famous day. Our was, meeting, our, our, that's when he arrived, the day he arrived. That he was fucking lippy when the Warriors played Penrith. <laughs> were, you there, were you there, Glenn? Nah. No, Glenn well, we moved were, to Toowoomba. Yeah, we were at the we were at um, Hotel LA in that bar there underneath there. Mm. And uh, on the TV at the time, we were having a sort of a little bit of a meet-up. What um, was that? Was that the first doubleheader? Like, it wasn't a magic round. <sighs> was that the Sarge doubleheader? It may have been. Yeah, it may have been. And so the so Penrith game was on TV before, yeah. before the Because that, that was in New Zealand, I think, because of the time difference. And so the Warriors were leading Panthers like 24-0 or something at halftime. Yeah. 
and Levius was loving it. And this is the first time we ever met him in the flesh, and so he was being he was being lippy. And then you see in the second half, Panthers just start chipping it, chipping it, chipping it, and ultimately win easily. Like they- this, this was in that era where Penrith had those amazing come from behind, mm. yeah, victories. Um, how did how did it yeah. finish up? Was they he, won. Penrith won. No, no, no. But was was Levius good about it? Did he storm out? Oh, he, oh, yeah. No, he's great. Th- about this it. was this was where he he became uh, you know one of the one of the guys yeah. we we love. He does strike me as a, as a stand up guy. So in that because we had a we had a bet on for a, a Twitter username. Yeah. Okay. Loser had to to change the, the Twitter's <clears throat> username. Um, and and he fucking took his medicine. And if, if there is one thing that, you know, that is my bowl of green M&Ms about mm. a person's character, it's when they can fucking take their medicine and accept it as just part of the fucking give and take mm. and be, yep. be part of the joke, not, you know, not think it's, it's then on them because their team lost. So, but yeah. and the thing is that Twitter handle thing. It wasn't like you know, these people fucking around one week these days. I mean, he had to have it for the entire season, for the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah, for the rest. Of, so he, so he's, so his Twitter, his Twitter name became, um, you know, like at Cleary's bitch for the entire fucking year. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, <laughs> fucking great. But he yeah, owned it. A- fucking owned it. Yeah. Uh, yep. Devonhead said, "How nice of the Warriors to dedicate the second half to Tommy, just like the Tigers." Uh, at BM Jews 07 said defense was optional yes it fucking was for both these shit cunt sides Uh, at Dean K 88 said nice of this game to have two games worth of points and excitement to compensate for the match that follows it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Ryan said if Turbo stays fit he wins the Dally M by the length of the Corso and uh, Frogmore says has anyone told Tommy Turbo when he gives an interview he is allowed to open his mouth to speak no they haven't no they fucking haven't I haven't haven't seen any interviews I've only seen uh, the 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 press conference with his coach who also doesn't really open his mouth to speak either (laughs) that's it well in terms of press conferences anyway um, so are you working on your Tommy Turbo impersonation, Jay, as well? As, and, and is it going to be as good as your DCE one? Um, I look, I, I don't know how I could possibly fucking get it done. Um, it it really is at a fucking almost animalistic level, with such a base level of intellect required. <laughs> That that I I don't think I could actually do it. In fact, mm. what what would be more apt for me to do is drop thirty kilograms of MDMA and forty fleshlights into the gorilla enclosure and just then remix all the noises that come out of it <laughs> into this fucking <laughs> random assortment, and that would be the closest analogue I could get of how fucking Tommy Tardo sounds giving an interview. It does beg the question though, like if you did give a flashlight to a gorilla, how long would it take for them to, to figure out how to fuck it? Not very long. <laughs> like, you know, even though, even like, you know, Sands would take the drugs away, give them, the, give them their best chance to figure it out straight first. Well, you know, you'd help them out. 
How many listeners um, employed at a zoo? I, I would have, I would have a crack team of scientists um, develop a synthetic um, gorilla vag spray on scent. Fucking <laughs> dead. Well, yeah, that would obviously, oh, yeah. Oh, he's going down the rabbit hole. Which... <laughs> <laughs> I just gotta. I'm hanging on. For me, oh, I no. wouldn't want to like. I wouldn't want to give them any cues. I just want them to to see what they did with it, and if they figured out, <laughs> and if that was where they went. <laughs> For science, I mean, obviously, <laughs> scientific minds want to know exactly. These are the great questions of our age. Or? No, we're done. Next game. Righto, the uh, final game. The uh, Dragons 32 defeated the Bulldogs 12 at uh, Jubilee. The Dragons, uh, a double to Matt Dufty, Corey Norman, um, Paul Vaughan, Junior Money, and uh, how do we pronounce these? It's, it's the the uh, twins that are... Uh, I, I heard. I was listening to this game on the radio as I was driving home from a Mother's Day thing, and it's, it's like... Is it like... They sound like Feni? Feni? Yeah, Feni. Something like that? Yeah. Yeah. And also, yeah, that's something I the ABC guys usually usually get it pretty right, and mm. yeah, often at odds to what you hear on the on the television teams. Uh, the doggies twelve tries to uh, run off a Tony uh, Nick Meany and uh, two conversions to Flano Junior. Tell you what, Nick Meany, if you had a uh, signature football card of his, you'd be sure to sell it on eBay tonight after his <laughs> fucking heroic intercept efforts. Yep, absolute peak value. <laughs> and yes, if it's, not, Shunter. If, if it's not clear, we do know someone who owns such a card. <laughs> no, it, was, it was nice to see the Dragons get an opportunity to beat up on one of the lesser lights of the competition after being destroyed by the Tigers last week. Um, and Jack Bird probably played his best game, I thought. It's the best game I've seen him play since he, since he left Cronulla. Um, and... I, I I didn't think centre was his position. I always thought lock was where Jack Bird would would really play out. You know the the large part of his career, but he seems um, seems right at home in the centres at the Dragons and the style of football they play really suits him. Um, Matt Dufty still not signed at the Dragons. I, I'm con- confused as to what it is. Hook or anyone else involved with. Keeping at the club, are waiting to see, um, or or what the what the plan B is, <laughs> if it's not him. Yeah, you're right. It, they they don't seem to be in a position where they're going to attract a top tier replacement. Mm. No. So it's a, a funny situation they're going to be in, and and even if they could, who's available? Mm. Yeah. Who's off contract at the moment that would slot in over him? Uh, I, you know? I, oh, I can't. I got nothing. I suppose Dane Laurie might want an upgrade. <laughs> I was wondering if you'd go there and you didn't disappoint. <laughs> <laughs> you really, really do. <laughs> yeah. Look, this game went exactly as expected. The The only question was how dominant the Dragons were going to be. Mm. And, and I, I think they had a good showing of, of improving on what they put up last week against some fairly feeble opposition. Yep. Yeah, and the doggies. I mean, they've almost they've almost got to the point where they've broken Trent, and I'm fucking here for it. 
Yep. Like he's he's admitted that they're in a bit of a hole. And you know, it's it seems like a long time ago when he was, you know, crying because they won a fucking game. Yeah. And uh he'll be crying his fucking self to sleep tonight and uh look I'm here for it. Yep. You hate to and, see it. Yep, yeah, you hate to fucking see it, but more than that, you love to see it. That's it. And and like I don't know, like because now the doggies also they're suffering injuries and stuff as well. So like they're they're a bad side, but now they're a bad side that's depleted. Have, you know, being it's being de- they're being depleted of you know, of, you know, I can't say good players, but they're being depleted of their players as well. Um, you know, will this be the magic fucking pill that you know reveals some guy they bring up and sets the world on fire and. You know, I, I, I just think they're fucking... They're just marking time until they get mm. Fox and Burden. Yeah. That's what it feels like to me. And they're not... And they're, they're, they're not the answer? Them. Without a fucking... Without, you know, a hooker. That's not like, I don't... You know, what are they going to do? Yeah, fuck. Who knows? You see Flano, Flano Jr. I mean, I've got to say today, today in particular, is one of the first times where I've gone, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I see what Trent, Trent Robertson was thinking. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I get it, it now. He, yeah, I mean, when you when you aren't surrounding him with the likes of fucking, you know, Beamers and the and the, the fucking great forwards, yeah, and, you know, having having Teddy running off him, and like, yeah, I get it. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah, he's in that flash actually. Um, on the socials, unless then you've got anything more to add on this one about the no. fucking dogs' misery. No, uh, Jordan with a. Fucking simple, but a goodie. Says it's like a bunch of R words trying to fuck a door. <laughs> <laughs> Rishi said, so the Dragons are up by 16. Couldn't they just leave the ground now? No way the Bulldogs are going to put three converted tries on in the final 20 minutes, even without opposition present. <laughs> uh, Fat Harry Lazy. So Canterbury's attack is like watching Michael J. Fox trying to thread a needle. <laughs> Cody. Says, well, after narrowly going down to one of the competition heavyweights last week, we've managed to regroup and wrestle control over another powerhouse team. I reckon the Storm are a bit nervous about next week. <laughs> uh, at Daniel underscore Red V on Twitter. Said, Ben Hunt greater than Andrew Johns. Hashtag the 14th Immortal. Jesus. <laughs> Calm down. Uh, that's it. And that's all the comments we had on that one. Right, that's it then. That's full time for episode 397. Thanks for listening, everyone. As always, head to thisweekinleague.com forward slash links to get links to our Patreon, uh, our social media community, our Facebook group's fucking great. Um, all that good shit. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, make sure you drop us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, fuck it, tell a friend. Or why not join our Patreon, become a patron. We've got a number of tiers, great rewards. And uh, before we close the show, I'd like to give a shout out to some of our wonderful patrons. Um, So big thank you to Lando, the Aussiest man alive. Fuck yeah. And uh, as you know, Glenn, he goes back. Doesn't he? uh, Many many years. Yep. Um, Nathan, who often has, has, or they say Nathan D, often comments, uh, has comments read out in the show. Um, Great contributor in the Facebook group. Uh, Love having you on, mate. And uh, Scotty Finn. Scotty also, Finn, formerly world's with, angriest man. For, yeah, exactly. He, 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 I remember when he, he first he fucking didn't rate the show. Then he fucking yeah. then then he uh, yeah, then came came a big supporter. Fuck, he went from and, zero uh, to a hundred like as far as running at us faster than Usain Bolt, and then he took his took his lumps and come back come back a better man. 
Yeah, yeah, and uh, and, and honestly, I haven't 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 seen much from him in in a long time. So I was I was actually surprised to see his name pop up. But um, it's great to have you on board, bud. And uh, that's it. If, unless you want have anything else to uh, to add before we wrap it up, fellas. Not at all. No. What a weekend. Oh, I fucking I am fucking tired as now. I am exhausted. Thank you to all the mothers no. out there for fucking taking loads like the champs you are. And spawning the 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 life that we call tour nation. <laughs> life finds a way. <laughs> and we'll uh magic weekend coming up next weekend, bitches. And um so we'll have a yeah, Wednesday night episode and then uh, we'll start seeing you motherfuckers, no doubt. Don't Friday. eat bats. You fucking barbecue buying cunts. <laughs> yep. Do Don't not fuck this up. Hey, did you see the wrinkle in that story? That you know, the story was you know with that guy in yeah. Sydney that was from Bondi. They got the they got the Rona. He um, you know how he's like went to you know barbecue shop, barbecue shop, barbecue shop, barbecue shop, and then finished up this, at like Bondi Meats or whatever the butcher. This better be super fucking interesting. Oh, it's it's not that yeah the, the the narrative was oh yeah this guy's obviously gone and bought a bunch you know looked at it for you know priced a bunch of barbecues finally got his barbecue then finished up at the butcher. To get his meat for his barbecue, in fact, he was actually is actually a um, managing director of uh, Apollo Global Management, and it wasn't that he was actually looking to buy barbecues, although he did. It was actually he was more looking at barbecues galore because Apollo Global Management is looking at buying the franchise, and so he was actually doing some due diligence on barbecues galores. So, uh, <laughs> rich roller, but um, that's it, folks. All right, we'll uh, see you guys on Wednesday, and. Uh, in the flesh. Fingers well, crossed. I don't well, want to jinx it, but fingers crossed Magic Weekend is going to be happening and uh, even for out-of-towners. So, fuck yeah. How good. Can't wait. Talk to you fellas on Wednesday. Okay. Later. See ya. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.